Bellissimo Files, home to the world's biggest stars. Get your hands up! Live on your radio. And you can check us out on your socials. Your favorite person, Serena. Bellissimo Files on spin. And now your host, yeah. Serena Bellissimo. How's it going? Hope you're having a great start to the weekend. It is Serena here with you for the next couple of hours where we've got a massive Bellissimo Files on the way. I'm going to be talking to one of the stars of the Batman, Andy Circus. He plays Alfred and he's going to be telling us all about the new film. We'll also be catching up with Dermot Bannon. So if you want tips on how to improve your own rooms, you're going to want to stick around to hear that. And Sean Levy, Levy, the director of The Adam Project, is going to be talking about how he made a 13 going on 30 reunion happen on his movie. And up next, I'll be introducing you to Megan O'Neill. The Bellissimo Files. One to watch. This week's One to Watch is a singer-songwriter who's had her music featured on American TV shows. She's toured Ireland, the UK, Germany and the US and, get this, she's also played at private Oscar parties in LA. She's also just released her latest track, Wildfire. It's Megan O'Neill. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. How exciting. You've just put out new music and I love what you put up on your Instagram. You said about Wildfire. This one has been a long time coming. It feels like the beginning of a new era. Why is that? Yeah, I guess everything I've kind of put out to date before now has been in that folk Americana world, which is kind of where I naturally started off. I love storytelling. And then I just, I guess, as you grow older, your tastes change and you develop and you start working with new people and you think, what else could I do? (laughs) (laughs) And for me, it was kind of a lot of time throughout the pandemic where we all had a lot of time to to think and consider where we wanted to go next. And I started working with a lot of people in different genres and listening to a lot of different styles of music and playing new instruments. And and I just fell in love with these kind of more pop elements. And so a bit of a scary jump to put out something so different, but I am so happy that I've kind of shifted into this new style and it's been received really well. So happy days. <laughs> well, you've had some exciting things happen to you in your career. Tell me about getting your music featured on the Netflix show Firefly Lane. And also you had it featured on Nashville, which was huge. Yeah, huge. I was actually, Nashville being featured on that show, I was living in Nashville at the time. So oh, wow. Was, yeah, it was amazing, particularly because I was living there. So I was like, it was kind of, you know, what everyone was talking about. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got a song in that. And Firefly Lane, yeah, I mean, was kind of originally supposed to air in 2020 and then pandemic meant everything was pushed back so I'd kind of known about it for a while that the song was going to be on the show and so surreal to be like sitting in your sitting room like everybody else through the pandemic and watching Netflix (laughs) and then just being like oh my god that's me. And what impact does that have on your career after it does happen? Yeah, so I suppose there's a, there's a bunch of different ways your song can get into a show like that. Um, for me, it was actually a direct conversation with the show. So the creators of the show wanted a female version of Jim Crochet's Time in a Bottle. And they just reached out and they said, look, would wow. you? Yeah, they, they just were like, look, would you give it a go? And we'll see if it fits. I recorded it with my friend Mark Aplis. He um, produced it and we we just kind of put our own twist on it, our own take on it and they loved it. So they, they put it in the, the opening the opening scene of, of episode one. 
but it's such a it's such an incredible thing to have that happen because it is it's rare you know and then it, it boosts everything else I was um, going to say what impact did that have on your career the show was like number one worldwide from there you obviously had a load of people kind of shazam the song in the first episode or go and look up who it was and then it was in the it was listed in the credits of that episode so you could find out and then the song charted and was playlisted across a load of Irish radio so it did really well off of the back of kind of that promotion obviously and that brand awareness of the show now tell me what it's like I mean filming at private Oscar parties what is that like and who who can you tell us is in that room (laughs) so it was um the US Irish Alliance hosts an event every year the year that I was there, they were honouring Carrie Fisher. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and Stephen Fry, Steve Colbert. It was actually in or around the time that the brand new Star Wars was coming out. So you had all of the old cast of Star Wars and all of the new <laughs> cast of Star Wars there. And I was like, this cannot be real. And it was like, <laughs> it was also my first time in LA. So I was just like, everything about the experience was blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. And like my first red carpet walk, Katie Tunstall was behind me and Stephen Fry was in front of me. And I was like, uh, what do you do like on a red carpet? Like, how do I pose? I've never done this before. <laughs> oh my gosh. But it was amazing. That is amazing. And look, that, as I said, what an incredible first, but you've done so much since then. You have a new EP on the way. What can you tell us about it? I do. Um, well, this is like, I, I was joking for a while that I should have called the EP the new era because that's exactly what I'm <laughs> talking about it is. But I haven't quite called it that. It's called Time and then in brackets, thought you were on my side. And it's five tracks. Wildfire is the first of the, the tracks from that, that that everyone's already heard. That one came out in January. And... Yeah, it's really different to anything I've put out before, as I was saying. It's got a lot more pop elements. It's more kind of like early Sia meets Florence and the Machine meets... <laughs> I don't know. Wait. But I am immensely proud of it. I worked on it with um, Richie McCourt, who's a writer and producer based in Dublin. It's something that really represents such a growth in the last few years and it's nice to come out of a pandemic with something that's like yeah. so different and that I've worked so hard on and now I'm kind of like here you go let's go <laughs> <laughs> well I love it does this mean you have the new music are you planning on touring it are you starting to gig yeah there'll be some around the EP in April May some festivals in the summer that are yet to be announced and then a tour in the winter so it's, it'll be busy but we're trying to be a bit more like not doing as many shows and focusing on the recording because the EP won't be just to give a heads up, the EP won't be the only thing coming out this year. There will be more. So oh, we're brilliant. Quite... Well, if people want to find out what you're up to, give us your socials. So Instagram is at Megan O'Neill Music. Facebook is the same. And Twitter is at Megan O'Neill. And then my website is Megan-O'Neill.com. Well, good luck with all of that, Megan. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. Before I let you go, will you introduce your new track? Hi guys, this is Megan O'Neill. You're about to hear my brand new song, Wildfire, on the Bellissimo Files. We stand together Staring out in silence trying. It's the Bellissimo Files The Bellissimo Files On spin The Batman 
It's number one in the box office across the world. One of the most beloved characters in The Batman, besides Batman, is Alfred, and he's been played by the likes of Michael Caine and Jeremy Irons. But this time round, Andy Serkis, who's more famous for playing um, characters like Caesar the Ape in Planet of the Apes and Gollum in Lord of the Rings, he's now taking on the role of Bruce's protector and confidant, Alfred. I caught up with him to find out what's it like stepping into such an iconic role. Andy Serkis, congratulations on your performance in The Batman. You were bloody brilliant. Oh, that's very sweet of you. Thank you. (laughs) How did you first find out that Matt Reeves was going to remake The the Batman and that you were in consideration? Um, Well, actually, it was during the post-production period of War for the Planet of the Apes that Matt first started talking about it, sort of in the latter stages. And he he said, look, there's a a strong possibility I'm going to be making a Batman movie. And then we started to, to talk about it. And he said, look, I've seen you over the last few years and your performances that we've shot and the emotion of your performances and then I've seen your face gradually disappear behind, you know, a CG mask. And I want to shoot, I want to, you know, I want you to be in this and I want to see your face. So he asked me if I would do Alfred. And, uh, and as time went by and he created the role and wrote and wrote the script, it sort of turned out that it would be, you know, the, the version of Alfred, which, which actually did contain a sort of a, a deal of emotion. What did you feel like when you were all suited up and you did that walk down to set and what was going through your mind before you heard that very first action? Well, of course, you know, you, you, you're always nervous when you, when you first start filming because you're, you're making a million decisions and, and they're committed, you know. So you've thought about it very, of course, you know, you've gone into great detail sort of hypothetically but but then when you when you actually take that first step and you start doing and your mouth opens and the character's speaking it's it is quite nerve-wracking and obviously you know there have been some other incredible performances of a role of the role that you're playing and yeah that that really stand the test of time and that are people you know emblazoned in people's memories and and as as great pieces of acting and and work and so you, you have to sort of shift all of that and kind of go right this is my take on it and our take on it. And this is the, this is our Batman and this is our story. So you then kind of refocus and, 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 and start to, to flesh it out. You're used to being in big films. You're used to having to keep a lot of secrets, but Andy, how do you do it when you're involved in something like this and exciting things happen? Don't you want to share it with people? How do you stop (laughs) yourself from sharing? You know, the thing is, what I, I can't bear to be told spoilers and I can't and I actually don't really enjoy watching trailers for movies because I like to Me too. The, the story is so important and if and if you kind of know the story before you've seen it, it completely destroys it. So so I'm I'm good at keeping secrets and I like keeping secrets from people. Um about you know, although I do get hounded and often if you're doing press for another movie, people will go you know, the amount of questions about, for instance, while I was promoting Venom, uh, Venom, you know, let there be carnage. That people wanted to know about Batman, and it's just like, oh, whoa, 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 just one at a time, please. There's a conversation that Alfred has with Bruce, and he says, "You don't care about your family's legacy." And then Bruce says, "What I'm doing is my family's legacy. This is now going to be part of Batman. What legacy do you think this will have in Batman's world? This film? I mean, I think what Matt has done is create a very special." piece of, of of the time and history of, of of this franchise and and choosing to locate it in year two when when this you know where bruce is still 
in the nascent stages of finding who Batman is and what Batman can do and what, and what he's seeking to do with it and rejecting that legacy that you're talking about, you know, and therefore rejecting Al- Alfred to, to, to a great degree. And, and then the Gotham that, that he's, that Matt has created being a tangible Gotham that we can really see around us every, anywhere you look in any city, uh, you know, with any form of government, you know, that level of corruption mm. and greed and lack of, uh, of social equity, uh, you know, it's, you can, you can have those stories, but it's, but it's, a, a, you know, set in a mythic world. So you, you, you actually are able to discuss those things. And I think he does it so accurately. I think Matt, what Matt has done is, is beautifully kind of like essentialized his arguments and actually allow the fairy tale to continue, but but at the same time tell a very personal story and tell a very powerful story about where we are, where we're at. Yeah, well, I was skeptical going in. By the end of it, I was like, "Can I have more?" So, I hope Andy, I'll be talking to you for a sequel. Excellent. He really is good in the Batman, as is the Batman. You know me, I complain when a film is longer than two hours. That went for three hours and I really, really enjoyed it and I, I can't wait for the sequel. Last week, we also spoke to Andy Serkis's co-star, um, Colin Farrell, who is unbelievable as the Penguin, and director, Matt Reeves. If you've missed it, you can catch that interview. It is up on our website now, spin1038.com. Let's go! What to watch. What to watch. Joining me in studio now with some film recommendations for this weekend is our very own Deidre Malumbi. Dee, it's it's actually not a bad weekend. It's, it's yeah, you know what? It's kind of hard to talk about movies and be like, everyone stay in and watch these when it's such a nice <laughs> weather out there. But if you're bored, you know, there are some great watches. Exactly. So let's start with, I'm, I'm going to tell everyone I loved this, the Adam Project. It reunites Sean Levy. Your face tells me otherwise. <laughs> oh, Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds. We last saw them together in Free Guy. What's going on here? You know what else I love about this movie? In fairness, it also reunites Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner because remember they were together in 13 Going yeah. on 30 and here uh, they play uh, the parents of Adam. So essentially we're following um, this young boy um, played by Walker Scoble named Adam and his future self arrives one day in a spaceship um, his older self being played by Ryan Reynolds and together they have to find Adam's father and save the future oh let's take a clip don't touch that I was just looking don't touch my stuff is this a lightsaber no it's not a lightsaber enough with the bat if I wanted to hurt you I'd have done it already because if I'm being perfectly honest with myself you have a very punchable face Ryan Reynolds there in um, the Adam Project. I you can tell by the giggle. I really enjoyed this. It's a film I sort of needed mm-hmm. when I watched it. You. I mean, it's certainly feel good and it's nice and stuff. But you know what? I'm wondering if I'm starting to get a little bit of Ryan Reynolds fatigue. Like, I think that it's kind Stop of... Stop right there. <laughs> is that even a thing? I think it is. You can have too much Ryan Reynolds. Like, I, I, I've had, like, colleagues in the past who've been like, enough with Ryan Reynolds already. He does his Ryan Reynolds thing every movie. Like, I've just had enough of it. And I think I'm starting to get a little bit of fatigue. So maybe it's a thing of... I'm kind of glad now that he's talked about kind of... He's almost gone into semi-retirement and we're not going to be seeing these kind of movies... I'm not glad about that at all. <laughs> I am looking forward to seeing. Um, he's supposed to be in this. Apparently, it's like uh, it's going to Apple TV Plus. It's it's bad, by the way. I'm talking about other movies instead of this movie. That's not a good <laughs> sign. But he's doing a like Christmas musical for Apple TV Plus with Will Ferrell. I am going to give that a shot. But yes. with this movie, I don't know. Like it was fine. It kind of plays out like rather predictably and stuff. And all of the comedy that is in it is basically coming from Ryan Reynolds being his Ryan Reynolds self. So yeah, it's nice and sweet. And in fairness, Walter 
Walter Scoble, who's kind of this um, newcomer who plays like the young version of Adam. I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. I think he has a really great career ahead of him. Uh, Jennifer Garner was very sweet in it. Mark Ruffalo, again, being his like lovely, charming Mark Ruffalo self. But I just thought it was okay. I like the previous movie that Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds did together, uh, Free Guy. I enjoyed that a lot more. And maybe in my head, I was kind of comparing the two a bit. Um, but it was just okay for me. Did you me. not cry? No. Oh, I was a blubbering mess in bits. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, may, I don't know. It just it just didn't kind of, I, it didn't get to me emotionally, I think, the way that it should have. Okay, what are you going to give it out of five? I'll give it three out of five. Oh, that's it not bad. Fine. That's not bad. And if you are a fan of Sean Levy, he's also the director behind um, Stranger Things. We're going to be chatting to him a little later on, on in the show. Find out what he's, um, he has a secret project that he's working mm. on that he wants to make between himself, Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. Would you watch that? Oh, I'll watch that. Yeah, yes, see, yeah. you don't have Ryan <laughs> Reynolds fatigue. Now let's move on. Turning Red, something completely different. Oh, I absolutely adore this. So this is actually showing on Disney Plus now. It is Disney Pixar. Uh, we follow May, who is a young um, Cana- Canadian uh, Chinese little girl. Um, she's going through kind of the ups and downs of childhood and... Uh, uh, suddenly, one day, she wakes up and realizes that she has this strange ability to turn into a giant red panda whenever she gets overly emotional. So that's that's not your kind of average teenage thing to have to put up with. No, let's take a clip. May, are you a werewolf? No. What? He's a red panda. Sick. You're so fluffy. You're so fluffy. I've always wanted a tail. Free up, Abby. Quit it. May, what the heck happened? It's just some. You know, inconvenient uh, genetic thingy I got from my mom. I mean, it'll go away. Dee, that was a clip from Turning Red. I'm so happy to see different stories Mm -hmm. being told. Do you know one of the standout moments for this, for me, in this, which won't be for a lot of others, the fact that they talk about periods like it's a normal thing. Oh, absolutely. Like, you don't see that in live action movies, let alone um, cartoon movies. Yeah, there are still very few movies out there that kind of deal with, you know, puberty and, you know, the difficulties of teenagehood and hormones and stuff like that. So it's quite extraordinary that way. And even, like, the fact that she is, you know, Chinese-Canadian, that kind of representation you don't see. It's something that's very unusual. Aside from that, though, it's just so funny and so sweet and a story that's so well told. Uh, She has this group of, like, girlfriends who are absolutely her rock and it's just so gorgeous to see these positive, like, representations of, you know, female friendship on the screen as well because I think as well it can still be a uh, tendency to, like, pit girls against each other as rivals in um, movies and TV too often. So I just absolutely love this movie. Now, I know that I'm kind of a Disney Pixar nerd as it is, but I thought that it was absolutely brilliant. I might have even preferred this to Encanto and I loved, loved in Canto, but I just, I thought this was absolutely gorgeous and so sweet and like a terrific finale as well. And you'll just be like laughing and crying and smiling all through it. Yeah, it is. It is fun. I don't know if I'd rate it above Encanto. We're not having a good week, you and I, <laughs> but we do agree that this is a film that everyone should, uh, will enjoy yes, watching. Yes, absolutely. Available on Disney Plus. What are you going to give it out of five? You know, what? I'm going to give it five out of five. I'm in, I'm in a good wow. mood when it comes to this one. I okay. adored it. Um, Someone who wrote the music for this is Billie Eilish. Uh, director Domi She is going to tell us a little bit more about that a little later on in the show. But for now, Dee, thank you. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for having me. The Bellissimo Files. Favourite thing. Witch and the Wardrobe is coming to the Borgosh Energy Theatre from the 15th to the 19th of March. Playing Lucy is Carice Janssen. She joins me today to share her favourite things. 
Carice, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, next week's going to be a very busy week for you. You end up here in Ireland with The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and you're going to be in the cinemas in <laughs> Wolf. Like, what a week. It's, it really has been all or nothing, hasn't it? Yeah, it's come all at once, to be honest. Yeah, really exciting. Well, let's start with The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe. This is your theatre debut. What a show to debut in. Yeah, I mean, it's a big one, but it's, yeah, it's a great experience. Um, I think it's great to be just thrown in at the deep end for anything you do. So, yeah, go big or go home, I suppose. <laughs> How magical is this show? Because it's such a magical story. What is it like to actually see it come to life on stage? I think to be a part of the process, it's always really interesting to see it all come together because in rehearsals, we see it piece by piece. And then when we did the first run through, I was kind of like, wow, like blown away by everything. We've got puppetry, we've got a bit of aerial stuff, fights. Oh, wow. So yeah, music. So to see it all to come together, it was magical, as you said. Yeah, and the great thing is, this is a great way to introduce kids to the theatre, isn't it? Because this is a show for all the family and for adults and kids alike. So, you know, as an adult, you don't have to take a kid along. You will actually enjoy it. Yeah, 100%, 100%. Adults, kids, everyone. You're also starring, uh, co-starring in Wolf. Tell me about that, because this is such a different film. It's starring George McKay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's essentially a movie about a boy who believes that he's a wolf trapped inside a human body. Um, so he's checked into a clinic by his parents to basically cure him of this where he meets other young people who have the same illness, I suppose you could say. Um, so I play a role called Annalisa, and she believes that she's a panda. It's essentially about Jacob, Wolf's story, um, through the clinic. And that's out in Irish cinemas on the 18th of March. And as I said, we can see you at the Borgosh Energy Theatre in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe from the 15th to the 19th of March. But in the meantime, we wanted to get to know you, Carice, not Lucy, not the panda from The Wolf. Let's get to know you. Um, are you ready to share your favourite things with us? Yeah, of course. What TV show are you obsessing over right now? So I've been watching Genius, which is a Kanye West documentary. It's only three episodes, about an hour and a half long each. But I think it's just so inspiring to see someone's come up and growth in that way. Do you have a favourite film? My favourite film is Moonlight. Um, I've literally only seen it once, but it's so beautiful. I think about it all the time. And for those who are going, Moonlight, I haven't seen it yet. Definitely check it out. Favourite book? Um, it's one I actually finished recently. It's called Anxious People. And I think it's now a Netflix series, if anyone wants to check that out. Oh, really? Besides the obvious, the, the title, Anxious People, what's it all about? So it's about a bank robber. That's not what I expected you to say. <laughs> That's why I love the book, because there's so many twists and turns. So it's about a bank robber um, who basically runs away and ends up taking hostages. And then throughout the book, we kind of find out how all the hostages are linked together and, yeah, lots of twists and turns. Wow, okay, definitely checking that one out. What song should everyone have on their Pumped Up playlist? I think everyone should have Lemon by N.E.R.D. and Rihanna. It's got a great beat to it. And if you're running, it's great for that. Do you have a favourite album? My favourite album is To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. I think it was his third album. I'd say it's his most iconic one. It's got lots of kind of jazzy influences and it gets deeper into kind of his story and struggles, which I find really inspiring. What podcast are you listening to right now? Lately, I've been listening to HC Pod. So it's mainly about, it's very cultural. 
sometimes yeah. it's politics and they talk a lot about the music industry and they kind of break down and have conversations around current issues um what app can't you live without i'm always on city mapper <laughs> always if i ever get lost i know i'm fine because city mapper literally breaks down where you need to go and how long it will take and i don't know what i'd do without it i was going to say what did we do before because I like you you can get everything else off my phone but please don't get rid of the maps even in my own city I need the maps to get around yeah every day I try and find like how to get home and I literally have like a button on my home page for city mapper and I click it and it just takes me home <laughs> <laughs> your favorite account to follow on social media oh thoughts I don't know if I pronounce that correctly but it's spelled o s h t h o u g h t s um, in this account, they do like um, like motivational quotes, but they design it in a in a really artistic, creative way. So, if you're ever scrolling uh, through the timeline or whatever, it's just nice to have a little uplift. And your favourite thing to do on a weekend? On a weekend, you'd probably find me in an art gallery, an art ex- exhibition. Um, I just really love art in any medium, uh, paintings, photos, sculptures, videos. I just love art. Well, this weekend, you're going to be packing to make your way over here to Dublin because all of next week, you're going to be playing at the Broadgush Energy Theatre as Lucy in The Lion, The Witch and The Wardrobe. I cannot wait to see it. I'm going to be there, I think, next Tuesday. Cannot wait, Carice. (laughs) Thank you. I'm really excited as well. I've heard it's a great theatre with great audiences. It really is. Looking forward to seeing you in the play. Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. Thank you. It is going to be a busy week for Carice. As I said, you can see her next week from the 15th to the 19th of March in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe at the Borgosh Energy Theatre. And then you can also see it from Friday in Wolf. It is an Irish film. And on next week's show, I'm so excited because we're going to be joined by her co-stars, George McKay and also Fionn O'Shea, who you'll know from Normal People. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. It's now time to catch up with director Sean Levy. He's the director that brought us Stranger Things. He also worked with Ryan Reynolds recently on Free Guy and they've teamed up again for The Adam Project. It's a film about Adam who's played by Ryan Reynolds who teams up with his younger self and his late father, to come to terms with the past while also, get this, trying to save the future. I caught up with Sean to talk all things Adam Project and to also find out what is happening with Stranger Things. Sean Levy, this film had me laughing and also made me a blubbering mess. Thank you. Well, um, I'm (laughs) sorry and you're welcome. I saw on your Instagram um, you had up a photo and your caption was, my inner child got to make a movie using his outside voice. How does that feel? Uh, Well, first of all, thank you. I'm really pleased with that caption. Captions are tough. Yes, they are. (laughs) But I knew as literally as I as I came up with that one and ran it by one of my four daughters. She's like, oh, that's a good caption. Um, So thank you for noticing and quoting it. That's the really it's the honest truth about how I feel about this movie. I, I literally got to make the kind of movie I would have loved as a kid, but also the kind of movie that has everything I want to play with as an adult filmmaker. This could never have happened without friends. And again, I went back to your Instagram. You put up a photo of yourself, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. And you said, you know what friends do? They show up. Thank you, Hugh Jackman, for coming out and supporting the Adam um, Project. But Sean, they do more than that. They share. And if it wasn't for Hugh Jackman, we wouldn't have this great Sean 
Ryan Reynolds' partnership, would we? Hugh had told me since Real Steel. Since Real Steel, Hugh has said, mate, I won't try and do his accent, but he said, mate, um, if you and Ryan ever make a movie together, you won't stop. And he just somehow knew that Ryan and I would gel and just kind of connect in a way, both as, as guys and as creatives, that would be really special. And that's exactly what happened. And yes, thank you to Hugh for sharing. And now in return, I now need to be the guy who unites all three of us on a movie. I was going to say, will they, you know, this is your second yes. in a row with, yeah. So what are you doing? It's what are you doing happen. about that? It's going to happen and it will be me who directs it. Oh, I cannot wait for that. And you're making a lot of reunions happen as well because 13 going on 30 fans are going to be so excited because we finally get to see Jennifer Garner and um, Mark Ruffalo united again. What was it like seeing them back on screen? When I picked Mark for the movie and then a little while later, Jen, stupidly, uh, I guess, I didn't even realise I was reuniting Jenna and Maddie from 13 going on 30. It was Ryan who pointed out, you realise you're giving the world what they've been waiting like 18 yes. years for. Um, <laughs> so that was a delightful bonus. This is all about time travel and going back to, you know, your younger self. Your first listed credit on IMDb is all the way back in 1997 and it's for Address Unknown. Oh what, would, what would Director Sean back then think of Director Sean now and what would it, you say to each other? Well, 1997, Sean, fresh out of film school, would probably say to me, holy sh**, it all worked out because the career that I now have is the career I was dreaming of then. And and I, I mean, certainly I've worked my tail off to build and build and build and grow and stretch and all of that. But I remember that film, Address Unknown, I, could, I won't name the number with you, but like, I remember what they paid me. It was next to nothing. I didn't give a crap. They were going to give me a movie to direct that, and I didn't need to pay them. I already consider that a win. And so the fact that I'm still doing this job and working with the scale and talent uh, of creatives that I get to go to work and collaborate with, it is, it is my dream come true. And you have worked on amazing stuff, including, you know, there's anticipation. It's up here. It's fever pitch, stranger things. You even, again, I was on your Instagram again and with your stranger thing poster, you had every ending has a beginning. Volume one is coming out on the 27th of May. Volume two will be out on the 1st of July. How are you feeling about that? You know, I try not to preemptively get sad. So right now, the reality is we are hair on fire, toiling away to get season four finished and exceptional and out to you all in the world. So my focus is very much there. Then I think it will hit me when I'm filming season five and I'm on set with those actors and we're doing that with the knowledge that, oh, this is the last season. I think then it'll hit me and I suspect that will be deeply bittersweet because it's changed all our lives, but we also want to end things when we know we can stick the landing. Sean, did you ever think, though, when season one came out, you knew you had something special, but did you ever think it would be running for five seasons? No, I, I didn't even know it was... I knew it was great. That's all I knew. When I read the script, I knew it was great and I needed to help get it made. And then when we made it, I knew it was great and I didn't know if anyone would watch. So all of this is so beyond conception, beyond prediction, Uh but I'm happy that I'm at a stage in my career and my life where I take none of it for granted. Well, sure, we're looking forward to that. But in the meantime, we do have 
the Adam Project. And I'm also looking forward to the Ryan Hugh Sean Project. There you go, untitled Jackman Levy Reynolds. I can't wait to see that. I know it's not even in production and there hasn't even been an idea thought up, but I would love to see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds on screen together with Sean Levy directing them. But in the meantime, you can check out The Adam Project. It is available on Netflix now. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. A little earlier on in the show, Deja Malumbi reviewed uh, the new Disney Plus film, Turning Red. If you missed it, Turning Red is a film about a 13-year-old girl called May Lee who turns into a giant red pet whenever she gets too excited. Sorry, I just had a thought of myself wondering what I'd turn into whenever I get too excited. <laughs> Deja Malumbi's still here. What would you turn into when you get too excited? Oh, I kind of like the idea of like a big panda bear or, you know, Snorlax, like that Pokemon. <laughs> I know that's a technical, like made up creature, but it works. Um, Aoife, producer Aoife, you're here with us as well. What would you oh, turn God. into? A uh, dolphin? A dolphin. See, they go for really um, majestic stuff. I'm going into an elephant, probably. <laughs> <laughs> a massive elephant. But anyway, the uh, woman who, the two women who brought us this film, uh, Domi Shi and Lindsay Collins, um, they talked to us about the film and Billie Eilish's involvement in this. She's not an elephant or a panda or a, a dolphin. Find out more. Domi and Lindsay, congratulations on the film. Thank, Thank you. you. Domi, how did your Oscar award winning, does that still sound mad, by the way, but how did that short inspire you to make this? Yeah, uh, so Bao kind of deals with similar themes as Turning Red, like that um, parent-child relationship dynamic. But I felt like with Bao, it was more between a mother and a son from the mom's point of view. And for Turning Red, I really wanted to explore a mother-daughter relationship from the daughter's kind of perspective uh, because it that just felt like a more complicated, like, like that mother-daughter just feels yeah, very juicy and complicated and, and cringy. <laughs> and uh, Every woman we talked to is like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lindsay, why did you guys decide to set this not in modern day, but just go back a few years to the early noughties? Yeah, I think, part, well, part of it is obviously because it's a bit autobiographical for Domi, and mm-hmm. that's when she was 13 years old, was mm-hmm. right in, you know, the early 2000s. And I think, you know, as she talked about it, because we certainly had conversations about all of these things and early on, and I think she was really smart about saying that, you know, to have the story feel intimate in the sense that for all all that May cares about really are her family and her friends, the minute you kind of said it later, I think you have social media coming in and all of a yeah. sudden for a 13 year old girl like today, social media has just as much, if not more influence than family and friends. And I think that makes the story very different. Even though it's set in the noughties, you've got some of the biggest singer songwriters of now writing yeah. music for your film, Domi. Tell me, how do you get Billie Eilish and Phineas to write for your animated se- uh, film? Ask nicely. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it It was like a dream for us to be able to work with them. Uh, we really wanted like to work with songwriters who could speak to those feelings of, of, of being a team, like the that that angst, that emotion and their songs just yeah. really like like Lindsay's kids like are, yeah. were obsessed with them. It, it felt to us to be like, OK, the most important thing is to find singer songwriters that can do that. And then if 
ideally they're also kind of fans of boy band. And we did research and yeah. found that, you know, Billy and Phineas were yeah, huge boy bands. Like, like they identified so much with May and her obsession with mm-hmm. Fort Town. Like, you know, Billy was a huge uh, Justin Bieber fan at the mm-hmm. same age. And uh, just like they were able to connect with the characters and therefore be able to write songs that could connect with them. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. And then when it also we- was like, like a a weird enough question or like yeah. like a weird enough request to be like, hey, do you guys want to create a boy band with us? <laughs> that they could say like, no. All right. Like yeah. I think, and we just screened it for them. And I, it was so great to hear Billy having watched the animation be like, oh my God, I love that. Like it felt as you've animated. So it looks like Robert is singing directly to her. Like, and you know, she, she totally got it. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I love that you really played up that feeling as a mm-hmm. kid where you're like, they're speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Like those songs are written for me. You know? Yeah. Well, that the whole film felt like it was written to all of us. Congratulations. And Domi cannot wait to see what you do next. As well as you, Lindsay. No, no, no. I'm doing what she's doing. You can watch Turning Red on Disney Plus now. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On spin. I don't know about you, but my Sunday nights have become about sitting in front of the telly and either cheering on or yelling at the TV as Dermot Brannan transforms people's houses in Room to Improve. Can you believe that he's been doing it for 13 seasons and he's now one of Ireland's most famous architects? I caught up with him to find out all about it. Dermot Bannon, welcome to the Bellissimo Files. Good morning. How are you? I'm so excited to be speaking to you because this is a show that I have to put my hand up and say, I never, like, I'm not into house shows. I'm not into gardening shows. This is a show I cannot miss. Every Sunday night, we are sitting in front of the telly, watching it, and all of a sudden, I become this expert architect. Are you finding that that's what a lot of people are doing when they're watching this? They're coming up to you in the street and telling you what you should have done differently, what they love? Or or they tell me what I was thinking at the time, and they come up to me, oh, I know exactly that conversation you were having with with that people about uh, that timber floor. Yeah, I was, and I was there. How do you know what I was thinking? (laughs) It's brilliant. Look, it's it's really, it's the fact that people are engaging with it and, uh, and, and getting something out of it and, and kind of, as you said, egging people on or kind of shouting at the screen. That level of engagement is brilliant, is absolutely brilliant. I suppose the the show was always, was, was kind of created, um, a long time ago now, 15 years ago, uh, for people to start thinking about design. Like 20, 30 years ago, people in Ireland, if they're putting an extension onto the house, you just got the local builder in, you stuck an L lean-to onto the back of your house and that was it. And I suppose I wanted to kind of, the, the, the premise behind the show was that in the same way Jamie Oliver brought kind of people to cooking and um, the average person you didn't have to be uh, an amazing chef to kind of t- to cook a risotto that anybody could do it it was just to bring design to everybody i do love it and like we're all invested even though you can't afford what they're doing we can all take some inspiration and like i watch this and go you know what if you are a renter what if you're still living at home with your parents what can you take from these shows Oh, look, I think there's stuff like I do another show called Incredible Homes where you go where I've been around the world and like you're going and seeing these multi-million dollar and euro and whatever houses. But I've always picked up tips from that. I've learned something from every single house that I've gone to that I can bring to a regular house. You know, like a simple thing. I remember going to this uh, amazing house in Melbourne, a steel uh, manufacturer. It was his house and he made the whole thing out of this ribbon of steel. It was this most amazing. It looked like a nest sitting on top of a hill in Australia and it was it was gorgeous but the one thing that I took away they had one wall and they had a stove on it and they painted that wall black everything else was kind of white 
And with that, the TV blended into the background. You know, because people often have these huge big TVs on walls and all yeah. you do when you walk into a room. So it's, it's amazing. That little thing of painting the wall black was something that I put into my own house. And I learned, no, right. you know, when I go into somebody's house now and say, look, Dermot, look, paint the wall black, TV disappears. Painting your TV wall black is something that anybody can do. You know, we've often kind of given tips on if you've got an open plan space, uh, what kind of furniture to buy first. That's something that you can do for renting. You know, if, you, yeah. if, you're, if you're going to buy a couch for yourself, like was one of the first lessons I learned is like a lot of couches are not designed to be seen from the back. They're designed to be seen from the front. But if you live in an open plan space and you want to divide it up using your couch, the back of your couch is like is, is your feature wall. So to put the True. back of it. Oh, Always go around the back of the couch and have a look at it. So I always think there's about 15 ideas in every show that can be applied to any house. I love the couples on the show. The couples you get are amazing. I think last Sunday's couple, the ones who were moving into their parents' home and then the parents were getting another home as well. But I'm going to ask you the question that we've all been wondering. What's happened to the parents? Where's the parents' home? There's a lot of that on Twitter and on Instagram. <laughs> there was uh, a lot of... Uh, <laughs> memes with the parents living in a caravan. No, the parents' house is started on site and it's uh, it's going to be part of next year's series. How did you go from being an architect to being one of the best-known architects in Ireland with his own TV show? I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> I applied for a TV show years ago called House Hunters, which was the Irish equivalent of location, location, location. Uh, they were looking for an architect to help people find houses. And so... I was working along with a, a property searcher and she she looked at properties and then I looked at the fixer-uppers and I said, don't discount this house because you could do this, this and this to it. I did that for one season and then I, at the time, stamp duty was huge. Like sometimes people were paying 90,000 in stamp duty and buying a new house. This is back in the boom days. And I said, guys, why are you doing that? Like you can actually fix the problem with your own house with that money. And so I started then bringing them to show them smaller houses because I was working for a big practice, but you used to do little jobs for friends and you'd kind of do, you know, a 10 grand, 15 grand small job by taking down wall and wall. And uh, they all became fascinated by that. So that's how Room to Improve started. I'm thrilled to see that you're going to be back for another season. That would um, be season 14. Wow, season 14. <laughs> you're looking for candidates, though. So if people do want to yeah. apply and get the Dermot Bannon touch to their place, what do they need to do? Yeah. Uh, Coco content. Go onto the website and uh, anybody who's looking to do any kind of a project would consider anything. Please do. Can't wait to have you back on the show and to sit down on Sunday night again and see what you're up to this Sunday. Thank you so much. You can catch Dermot Bannon in Room to Improve Sundays, 9.30 RTE1. This is a new music spotlight. On the Bellissimo Files. On the Bellissimo Files. Joining me now in studio is producer Aoife. Aoife, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about the first collaboration we're going to be talking about. I am as well. I kind of don't know why this hasn't happened already yet. This is a new one. It's from Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa. Very excited they've teamed up together and it's called Sweetest Pie. Nasty, that freaky stuff. Live under my bed and keep hey, up. That Hansel and Greta, let them eat me up. Uh, 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 uh. When you told me you were playing this on the radio, I got a little bit nervous because I 
watched the YouTube version and I was like, how are we going to play that on radio? <laughs> yes. So I very carefully made sure that the one that we have in our log here is called the super clean version. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the sweetest pie. It is one of those songs that alludes to many things without saying them. Mm-hmm. It's probably one that will make you squirm a little bit <laughs> like it did me. But I'm very happy to see these two collab together. It's a, I really like the track though. I like how you've tried to censor yourself yeah. in, in talking about that. Are you happy to move on from this? Yes. And tell people that they can vote for this if you want this you voice in my file single of the week. You know what to do. Head over to our Insta stories at spin1038 is where you can take the poll. Who are they up against? Don't forget as well if you're a fan of Julie but she is coming here next month to perform in the t- I'm actually not sure what venue it's in but I am going to be trying to get tickets for that. I would love to see her now, live. Now do you know if it's I'm putting you on the spot now is it any of it based on what she did? Remember that, um, oh, what, what were we calling them when we were in uh, lockdown? Those performances? The live streams. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I've already forgotten the name. That, her live stream was one of my all-time favourites Yeah, I'm lockdown. assuming, like, it'll be kind of that I'd love sort to of performance. She, do you know what? She's kind of going down the road. You know, like, Kylie puts on an amazing show. I yeah. feel like that's what Jua is going to do. It yeah. is in the Three Arena. It's on Wednesday the 20th of April. Okay, so I'm going to be trying to get my hands yeah. on tickets for that, for sure. Definitely. So that is up against a new one from H. And H is going down the road of doing some um, samples. And oh. he sampled a, a shanty in this. It's called Baby. I'll be on a vibe, money to the side, I'm just trying to live my life I can't even leave without her giving me the eyes Baby, it ain't my fault, I gotta focus on what's mine Take it easy, give me time Young eight, yeah. You know I got it, baby, what do you want? You know I got it, baby, what do you need? She like She like Yeah Oh, that's really... It's, isn't it nice to hear a shanty again? Yeah, I was going to say it's really sweet. Now, H nearly made it into the Melissa Files single of the week last week yeah. with another track that was a cover. <laughs> is that is that a road that H is going down at the moment? I think so, but what I loved about last week's one was that there's a sample in it and the sample was originally in DJ Ironic's track Stay With Me in the noughties, way back in the noughties, but it's actually a sample of Westlife originally. So H has a sample of Westlife. <laughs> in one of the songs. That doesn't go hand in hand. You know, Westlife, Shanti, I'm hoping we keep going down this route of like early 2000s artists and who knows who we might see sampled next. Well, you know what I'm going to ask you to do next week? Bring in, we won't play it out in full, but you're <laughs> going to have to bring in an example of that. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I um, So that's up against um, Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa as the Bliss Mofile single of the week. While you're voting over on our Insta stories, I'm Florence, so excited. I about love this. this woman. I adore Florence and the Machine. Yeah. I'm so happy there's new music coming, and they've just announced a new album as well <gasps> oh. called Dance Fever. It's coming on May 13th, and based off this track, I think it's going to be a bit more upbeat and disco-y than what we've heard from Florence before. Uh, this is the new one from her. It is called My Love. Aoife, I think she is perfect to like soundtrack my whole night. I don't think I've gotten through a music fix of recent without mentioning festivals in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so excited for them, as you've probably heard. And I really hope we see Florence on a few lineups. I I just can't wait to see them again live. Yeah, Um, this is something I can't wait for every week either.
What have you got this week for us, Aoife? You know I love when I have a dance track that is of Irish origin. I'm, and that's been happening a lot it's lately. It's been happening a lot. It yeah. really has, which I love. Now, this artist has been around for quite a while. You probably heard of him. His name is Dahi, and this is the new one from him. It is called... Uh, oh, Fam- I have... Familial? Familial. That's the one. <laughs> Okay, I'm just back in a rave right now just I listening know, to that. That is so, so good. so good. So good. Dahi has been around for a while and has some amazing tracks. If you haven't checked out any of his other stuff, please do. It's so worth it. And also the video that comes with this, it's a beautifully directed kind of short story and it's just gorgeous. I'd highly recommend you go look at it. Oh, do you know, I'm thrilled that you got to... F- when you're featuring Irish artists in this, it's not I just love it. a... Yeah. Yeah, I love... I just think as well the Irish dance music scene is just growing and growing and growing. But it's world class as well. Yeah. You could play that anywhere. Yeah, that's it's not just being played because it's Irish. It's exactly. really, really good as well. <laughs> so yay, Dohi, we're loving that. Can't wait to see what he does next. Yes, absolutely. Um, but that is not the Bellissimo Files single of the week. What is, Aoife? I'm very excited about this one. I'm praying it's the clean version that's in there. <laughs> this is voted for by you. It is Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa with Sweet as Pie on the Bellissimo Files. You voted that, your Bellissimo Files single of the week. It's a new one from Megan Thee Stallion and Dua Lipa, Sweetest Pie. If you are going to watch that on YouTube, please <laughs> make sure. Yourself. Yeah, and please make sure there's no little eyes around <laughs> watching. I actually... I, I, <laughs> I played it for my daughter the other day. <gasps> yeah, oh, no. She was in the car and she was like, Mum, is this the, the clean version? I went, yeah, of course it is. Oh. And then she turned to me and went, I don't think this is appropriate for me. I went, I think you're right. So you know, when your child up. has to call you out, it's not a good thing. She often is. Um, <laughs> don't forget as well, if you want to catch more new music, there's so much good stuff out this week. Head over to our Spin Fresh playlist on the website or the app. You'll catch all the latest hits over there. Um, Eva, we were just talking about Dua Lipa. We yes. said that we definitely want to go see her. But yeah. we were also talking about the fact we had her on the show two or three times before she became Dua Lipa. I'm like, can you come back to us? I, I want to talk to you again. I know. So hopefully <laughs> when she's here in April, we'll be talking to her again. But people we will be talking to next week are stars of the new Irish film, The Wolf. George McKay will be on and Phil No Shade. Do you remember he was in Normal People as well? He was the oh, baddie yes. in Normal People. Yep, they'll be on with us next week here on the Bellissimo Files. Up next is Dave Hammond on Spin. Aoife and I will be back next week. Have a great weekend. Bye. It's the Bellissimo Files. The Bellissimo Files. On Spin.